to the Last Gen Podcast brought to you by Miracle Word Ministries. These episodes are specifically created with students in mind. More than ever before, we must know why we believe what we believe, build strong faith, and stay on fire for God. We know that Jesus is coming soon, and we're going to live like this is the last generation. Are you ready? Let's go. Well, welcome back to the Last Gen Podcast. My name's Alex Iaquinto on behalf of Miracle Word Ministries, and I'm pumped to be with you today. Today is going to be a different one. I'm sitting in a car, not my car. Typically, we're in, in the, uh, the Sonata, which is, quote unquote, my studio. But uh, now we're in a much nicer car. What is this? Gene uh, Acadia Denali. GMC. Yeah. It's much nicer. Has like wood in the interiors, and it's like you know, it's pretty pretty prosperous. Um, so I'm sitting here with someone in the car today. It's a different kind of episode. I wanted to do an interview. We were supposed to do this like a couple weeks ago, but the the schedule is just crazy crazy here. Um, still in Houston, Texas, um, because of uh, the work we're doing with Vivint, but. I wanted to introduce to you someone who I think will actually benefit you guys in a real way. Now, when I was thinking about doing this episode, uh, my one of my thought processes was, you know, I we've been talking a lot about uh, finances in the last couple of weeks in the podcasts and in live streams. Like, if you go back on the, the last gen, you can see the last five live streams or six live streams. We've talked about faith for finances. We've talked about giving, sowing, and reaping, um, doing excellent in your job. But I feel like the perspective that I give a lot of the times, and I was telling him about this, um, a lot of times the way I present um, faith for finances and stuff like that is going to be at an angle of ministry. And I mean, that, that makes sense as, as I feel called into the ministry. But I started thinking like, you know, not, not everyone's called into the ministry. In fact, most people who listen to this podcast aren't. So I'd be doing a big disservice to you if if I'm always, you know, it's just it's just a natural thing whenever I'm I'm talking about it. That's just what naturally um comes out cuz that's what I'm thinking about the majority of the time. So I thought it would be super helpful to have someone who is who's not necessarily like a part of the fivefold ministry but but does excellent in what they do. Um holds what you call a secular job, which just means anything that's not you make me sound like a Hebrew. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's a pagan <laughs> witch doctor. Um, he, he holds a secular job and he has a career that's not inside the church per se, but that's the majority of people. The majority of people aren't going to be pastors, evangelists, uh, prophets, teachers, apostles. The majority of people are in secular jobs. And I know that a lot of you, when we're talking about like purpose and stuff, um, I talk a lot about the ministry, but you're thinking from a different aspect. So I thought it would be super helpful to have my manager... You might officially my manager? Yeah. Okay, cool. My manager here at Vivint, also with me in Houston, Ralph Joyner, onto the podcast. Ralph, how's it going? Good, good. Thank you for having me. It's good. Well, you know, there's not a lot of people to choose from. We're, we're still in Houston. I would. I, I, tr- I tried. <laughs> Nobody else Definitely. was free. Definitely not. No, no, this is good. No, I really do think um, that this is going to be a benefit. So if you're listening, which you are, because I listening right now um stay on because this is going to help you we wanted to talk today about what what was the title i gave you it's Uh, it's definitely going to change but about uh, essentially like being prosperous and like how to succeed in a 
from a, a Christian perspective, how to succeed in the natural, um, a natural job. Like what are some, what are some of the things that have helped me? Um, what are some of the principles that we invoke and in, in that kind of thing? Okay. Yeah. So what I gave you was Christians should, sh Christians should outperform how to be the best in a secular job. Um, the reason I'm, I'm doing this with Ralph and not just, you know, anyone is because Ralph is a successful person. Um, how long have you been? And I'll let you go, go into like, you know, just a quick about you, about like, um, you know, how you grew up, a bit about your story and what you're doing now. Okay. But how long have you been with um, Vivint? Is this your fourth year or fifth year? This is my fifth summer. Okay. Your fifth summer with Vivint. And he's absolutely killing it. The, the amount of like money that he's making right now um, is ridiculous for the fifth year out at a job. It's just not common. Um, so it's important to listen to people that are successful. Don't listen to your, your aunt who's, who can't hold a job. Don't listen to her dumb advice about money. You know, money's wicked. Don't listen to her. She's not smart. It's, She's it's not wicked. Yeah, it's not wicked. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to hand it over to you, Ralph. So like, just tell, tell a little bit about yourself. Um, some fun facts. I always hate when people do that, when they're just like, tell me about yourself. Cause it's like, well, where do I start? So <laughs> let's see. So I am. 35 about to be 36 um, so pretty pretty tip well I will say this I do feel like part of a, a huge huge factor in my success um, was my upbringing uh, you know yeah really my upbringing so my father was always an entrepreneur so from the beginning you know not definitely not didn't grow up in a Christian household but um, he very much understood work ethic and he very much understood uh, about being like his own boss. So and just him going about his day to day, you know, and then myself and my, my siblings, you know, going along with him because he owned a convenience store. He owned a laundromat. He was in the music industry, like managing. Um, so just kind of seeing that because, you know. I guess what are they going to call him on here? Would it be Pastor Ted, Brother Ted? Oh yeah, uh, I always, I always Evangelist say, Ted. I, I don't want to say Uncle Ted because it's like, but it's it's Evangelist Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. I'm not gonna say that. Yeah, the whole you time. just say Evangelist, Evangelist Ted. Ted um, one of the things that he he's always said is that with children, there's more that's caught than taught. Yeah. So really, all that means is like they'll emulate what they see. Yeah. So, you know. I mean, maybe this was child labor laws, but he would have us in the, and I, well, I would be in the convenience store from about 6 a.m. till about 12 midnight. Good Lord. Uh, and that's how I got my school clothes. Um, really? Yeah. Dang. Um, and so. Where know, was the convenience store? Wasn't it in? in Green Run. Yeah. In, Gre in Green Run? Yeah. Wow. Um, that's in Virginia Beach for y'all. Yeah. So oh, no. Virginia Beach. So, I mean, I spent, we spent many summers there. I was, Dang. you know, I would say maybe 12 years old. I was like flipping burgers on the grill like Shh. cooking with hot grease <laughs> all this stuff you should not have yeah. 12 year olds doing yeah. but it did teach me work ethic and it taught me that if you want something this was you know prior to like really having understand an understanding of like prosperity and god wanting you you know wanting you blessed that kind of thing um so it just you know the, really the foundation for me was like if you want something you have to work for it and go get it um, so I would say that was, you know, the start. Um, then, you know, graduated high school and I went to TCC for like two weeks. <laughs> no, it was, it was more like two months, but it just was not for me. I just got tired. I had a, uh, 
a, like a 1995 Ford Windstar, and it was like uh-huh. 2005. <laughs> so, you know, a 10-year-old minivan. So th- those who don't know, a Windstar is a minivan. I didn't know. Um, and every time I got in it, it would just, the gas light was on, the gas light was on. Um, and that's crazy because it's like back then, I thought, you know, gas was a big deal and it was like a dollar a gallon. <laughs> but um, It's 99 cents a gallon. How can yeah, I afford this? Right. <laughs> um, but uh, stopped, you know, stopped. And I'm again, I'm not advocating you drop out of college. Yeah. Well, but I'm just telling I've, you. I've done much worse uh, when advocating about college um, on this podcast. For, <laughs> for me, it, it just wasn't. You know what what I saw myself doing so I ended up getting a job at a factory um, in Virginia Beach it's called steel so we we made like chainsaws leaf blowers that kind of thing and I worked there for 11 and a half years and then really just hit a ceiling um, there and I went to my you know I went to my pastor and I was just like hey pastor this isn't working um, and just he actually introduced me to Isaac who you know is was my link into uh, to Vivint. Right. You know, I've been here ever ever since. So I started in technically 2017. So again, this would be like my fifth summer. Right. So your your pastor at, at still still your, your pastor, pastor now. Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know, back in Virginia Beach, DCC Dominion Christian Center, the pastor of that church is Terry Shuttlesworth. That's my uncle's uncle. So it's it's crazy. So everything's connected here. He he was he grew up in Virginia Beach, um, so you went you went to Pastor Terry, Correct. and you and you said like this isn't working. Yeah, like it was just kind of maxed out. It was for me a dead end because, um, you know, the managers and or the supervisors I should say they right. didn't really care for me because toward the end I was a disgruntled employee. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's for another podcast. <laughs> so um, there was just no moving up. I, there was just a ceiling, um, and it was essentially a dead end. And, you know, I had grown in with having a family, but my income wasn't matching the growth mm-hmm. I was having, you know, with the family. So, right, right. Um, I, it was just time to leave. And, you know, I made a mistake and stepped out early. Um, and then it had, you know, it, it uh, I had setbacks because of it. But it's it's amazing because the way God, you know, restored us in a short, short amount of time. Uh, he gave us, you know, essentially like five years of income. And in, in you know one year, it's crazy. So he was, you know, we were able to be restored by you know following instructions right. and then and flat out just working hard. Yeah. So at that point, it wasn't working. You moved over to uh, Pastor Terry. Let you know about Isaac, who's your regional right now. Right. Um, and he lets you know about Vivint. Now, for those of the people out here who don't know what Vivint is, um, what what is Vivint? By the way, Vivint is the company that we work for now. It's why we're out in um, in Houston. Ralph introduced Vivint to me. So what Melting is it? away in the summer. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, Vivint is. So Vivint is a uh, the leader in smart homes. So we do uh, security systems, but it's more uh, so security with uh, surveillance and automation. Okay. All, all bundled into one. So if you if you think about it, everybody knows AT and T and Verizon, the cell phone companies. It's very very similar with ADT and Vivint. We compete mm-hmm. and go head to head. That's our main competitor. Um, and then that's essentially what we do. We uh, go door to door and sell security systems to just cold door knocking and then uh, providing you know services for people in in the neighborhood in the Houston South area. Mm-hmm. Show me your pitch. 
Um, so yeah, so that's why we're that's why we're out here right now. So Ralph's fifth summer at Vivint is now. Now this isn't to brag or whatever, but Ralph, how much did you make in the first year, the first summer, and then the second, and then third, fourth, and no, uh, so first first year, excuse me, was uh, so I didn't really know too much. And then again, so the summertime, um, this first summer, it was, so it's April mm-hmm. through September to kind of give you context on, on timelines. Um, so that first summer, I made $33,000, um, which, you know, by our standards, it's not it's not great. I mean, it's, it's an average, you know, average summer. Um, my second summer, uh, I came in and I made $101,000. Uh, <laughs> My third <laughs> summer, uh, I came in and I made one hundred and fifty-five thousand. And then this past summer, I made two hundred and fifty-eight thousand. Guys, a summer is four and a half months. First summer, thirty-three. Second, one hundred one. One hundred one. Third, one fifty-five. One fifty-five. Fourth, two fifty-eight. Two fifty-eight. So in the span of four and a half months, what takes people? What takes the average American four years to get, Ralph got in four months. So I want you to just like put that into perspective. $258,000 in four months is no joke. I mean, obviously there's, you know, you check back in with him in, in five years, it's going to be seven digits and it's going to be, you know, it's going to be wild. But at this point, in four months, $250,000 is, is crazy money. So, I think that's number one that you should definitely be listening to people that are successful. Listen to people like Ralph who've actually put in the work, actually done it. Um, so, Ralph, what do you think? Um, just off the top of your head, what do you think has been like? If you had to give one key, one key to young people who who feel they don't feel called in the ministry, but they feel called into any sort of business. Maybe it's uh, a private practice being a doctor maybe you know it, maybe it is sales right. maybe it is you know just anything else um what would you say is your number one success secret let's let's say uh, uh, the spirit you, you could do one spiritual and then one practical uh so we'll start practical just outwork everybody yeah, pretty pretty simple. pretty simple just outwork everybody so there's this saying that i saw because i used to box so uh in the gym i would go to they said they had a poster and I forget who the boxer was on there, but it said, um, talent outperforms, or I'm sorry, work ethic outperforms talent when talent doesn't work hard. So you can be the, you know, the, the most talented, uh, cook, lawyer, doctor, but if you don't work hard, that person who does work harder, they will outperform you and they will in the end do better than you. Um, so I would say work hard one. Um, and then the Bible, you know, talks about working hard as far as like in Proverbs 6, 6, when it, you know, refers to the ant and then, you know, how they, they store up, um, you know, food and things for themselves. So I would say work, you know, work really hard, um, and be the hardest worker. Uh, and that's just, that's, I would say that's the natural aspect. Um, right. So for on the natural aspect, I think that's interesting. Cause that, that's a quote that, um, that the entire office really uses. Yeah. Is that like, is that how, how famous is that quote? Is that like, I think anybody who works hard. Okay, understand that. Yeah. Well, that shows you something. I didn't know it. Um, it's it's hard work outperforms talent when talent, talent doesn't, doesn't work, work hard. Yep. Right. 
I think a lot of the times people, you know, I'm glad you started with the practical because people like to over-spiritualize stuff. Very much so. And so they think, okay, I'm not, let, let, let's take this for example. I'm not selling. It must be because there's like s secret sin in my life. Or you're sitting on the curb. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You're so, yeah, yeah. So it's like. You've uh, talked to 13 people. And right. And you've been out here six hours. Right. Exactly. So it's, it's not everything is super spiritual. A lot of times you'll have to understand that you need to just push like there's an there's an element that's so lost to my generation that that you have because you grew up in it like you were talking about with your dad that is literally just putting your head down and doing the work regardless of what field it is yeah. w hard work outperforms talent when talent is a work and i think you uh you were telling me about this when when like you were i was first asking about vivant um, like I tried to warn him. Yeah, he, he tried. <laughs> hey, he tried to warn me. He told me it was the hardest thing I'm ever gonna do. He said it's emotionally hard. I was like, I'm, I'm tough. Yeah, I'm not wimpy. And then him. we got to uh, to uh, what is this? The second month. This, so the, yeah, this is this is gonna we're going into week ten. We're going into week ten of twenty, and boy was he right. It is it is tough. It's it's tough for for real. Um. But when, when he was kind of introducing, like, and Alex whole, is doing well, by the way. I, Alex is our top rookie in the office. So whoop. for him to say it's tough, and it is. But this is some, imagine how t how much tougher it would be if you were at the bottom. Dude, yes. Like, oh it's, my God. it's tough, but um, Alex is going to have probably a $2,500 paycheck next week for one week of work. So, like, there's different. There's, I'm happy about that. Yeah, I like that, <laughs> I like that concept. There's, um, uh, there's choose your tough. It's really tough not having any money and not knowing how you're gonna eat, and it's tough out here, you know, working hard. So that's true, and it, it is. You know, people who are at the bottom who don't work look up at the top and say, "Oh, you know, I could do that, but that's a lot of work, and it's and it's a tough position to be in." But but really, it's a lot harder to live life without money, and then also like it's like. What are you doing with your time? Like that's tough, because you're any person is is working can work a nine to five job. They're still putting in the same amount of time per se. It's just what are you doing with that time? Are you are you giving it like ten percent? You're still gonna waste that time. You might as well while you're there, while you're doing the the work, while you're at your job, while you're at school, you might as well put all of it all of yourself into it. Um, there was one thing that you you told me. When we were, you were like onboarding me and you were kind of like explaining the concept to me. Because first of all, I didn't even think, I, I literally told Miss Jenna, um, which by the way, his wife, Jenna Joyner, is Miracle Words Administrator. So you see all how connected. everything is, is all connected. Um, and Evangelist Ted, also we didn't talk about this, was my what? youth youth pastor. Oh yeah, yeah, that, that's a big part. I do yeah. want to ask you about that. Um, but, so. And the best man at my wedding. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Wow, everything is just connected. Um, you were telling me because I didn't, I didn't understand the fact that door to door was still a thing. Like I, I literally flat out told Miss Jen, I was like, I thought door to door was like dead. Like I didn't know that, because because I've never had a door to door guy come up to me or whatever. Like because your neighborhood, yeah, is my, not a good, yeah, it's not a good. <laughs> no, seriously, no, I, w I would be a terrible customer. Um, but you, you were telling me that like when you started Vivint. Everyone you knew said it. What you know, you weren't the right demographic. Yeah, yeah I didn't fit the box. So, uh, typically in the job that we do, it's the uh, the quote unquote the I well not I wouldn't even say the ideal, but the when I first started the the average sales 
um, person was, I would say, 18 to 23, um, a young, uh, you know, average build, you know, white kid. So, you know, when I came in, I was the polar opposite. <laughs> so I was old <laughs> by Vivint standards, which I was like 30. Right. Which, which. in Vivint standard is like, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's pretty old. So I was 30. Um, and then the average, you know, again, salesperson, 18 to 23, has no no children, so no family, no spouse. They might have a girlfriend, but, you know, no, no wife, no children. So really no responsibilities that, like, put pressure on them to succeed because, you know, the 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 ideal setup is for them to come in and because they don't have, you know, uh, a lot of bills or a lot of pressure. It's like, hey, if you sell two a week and, you, you know, you get a $700 paycheck, like, you're doing good because mm -hmm. your your phone bill is, what, $100, $100 yeah. a month and you might have your car insurance, which is, like, 200 a month. Yeah. So you can, you know, do $3,000 in a month and then you'll be, you know, you're doing mm -hmm. great. And then he's like, oh, this is the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah. Whereas somebody with a family, you have, you know, rent, mortgage, then you have, you know, obviously clothing, uh, food, so all of those things on top of having the other normal bills, the car insurance, car payments, all of that. So it's just not ideal for somebody who, um, because of the learning curve and how hard it is in the beginning, um, and then the fact that you need money immediately. Yeah. So I wasn't ideal. I had a family. I was 30. Uh... I was a big black guy. You still are still a big am. black guy. Yeah, I was about to say. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it just, just wasn't ideal. Uh, and that's what they told me. That's what actually what Isaac told me. Um, he, he, was just, he was just very honest. Like, hey, like you're essentially you're fighting an uphill battle because mm -hmm. you don't look like what the guys who have been successful in this industry, you don't look like them. Mm -hmm. um, you don't come from the same background. You uh, have a family. Uh, a lot of these guys, they start without a family. And then they develop, mm -hmm. develop the skill. And right. they, by that time, they have money saved and yeah. they have the skill developed. So the family is a, the bills and stuff are not, mm -hmm. not an option or not a, a big deal. I was coming into it with the family before I had the skills. So, um, so he just flat out told me, you don't look the part, you're older. This is going to be the hardest thing you've ever done. Um, and hey. Here's a shirt. Yeah. Here's a shirt. Here's a badge. Yeah. Knock on the door. <laughs> and essentially, that's what he told me. Um, but, uh, and then I guess this is part of what we we're going to talk, you know, talk about as well. So, I had a leading in uh, direction and I had a word from my, you know, my pastor who was like my spiritual authority. And he was like, I really, you know, who, he's also a prophet. So, yeah, that's, you know, a good, good thing to follow his advice. And yeah. he's proven, not like. Yeah. Not a Facebook prophet. Yeah, he's been on it for years. Yeah. Not years, decades. Yes. So, one, if you're going to take advice from somebody, yeah. like, you, I didn't have to do the background check right. because I, you know, I had been in his church already for uh, 15 years. Yeah. He's a real prophet. A real one. So, uh, definitely that, if you're going to take advice from somebody, you might want to consider the source. Yeah. So, because I considered the source and I understood, like, hey, he's proven. I know he has my best interest in heart, at heart. Um, I followed... You know, I followed the word and then I had a inward witness where I, I had peace about it. And then a the word to the wise, when you're at the bottom, <laughs> uh, it's the only way is to go is up. Yeah. So we really didn't have any kind of anything, you know, yeah. going for us. So it was like, <laughs> hey, go do this. I was like, can't get any worse. I know. Really? Yeah. Like, 
I, that's not spiritual. That's yeah, just, no, I mean, it's it's true. Like, you, get, you have no other choice. You might as well hit it hard, right? So we did that, and then, you know, God favored us, one, for being obedient, um, but then also because we were, uh, you know, we paid our tithes and we and we give. Mm-hmm. So his, you know, his bless the blessing was on us, you know, in the field that we were in. And we did, you know, we did well because of it, despite of, you know, despite us not being, you know, the fitting in the, the little mold or the box that they said, well, hey, this is what it's got to look like. Yeah. I mean, that that was that was encouraging to me, even though I, you know, I probably fit more like the, the stereotype. Yeah. Right. Right. But it's it's such a powerful testimony to hear that. Even though, like, men can discount you and say, like, you know, and not to make this, like, an inspirational video, because I right. friggin' hate inspirational videos. Love when they play them all the time. It's like or- orchestral music behind, like, some guy shouting at you, and then they put Gary Vee on the screen, and then it's, like, Rocky, and it's like, oh, yes, I'm so pumped. Um, not to make this, like, a motivational thing, but though men can discount you and say you can't do it, um, the Bible says, if God's for you, tell me who can be against you. So, like, that's such a testimony to know that even if you don't fit the bill, you don't look the part, if God's hand's on your life and he told you to do it, you're going straight to the top. And that's what we've seen. Like, that's what you, you've you seen. Like, you started, started at the bottom. Now we're here. Now we're here. <laughs> <laughs> so, for you to go like that, that quickly, is a huge testimony. Right. So, you'd say the the... Practical advice would be work harder than anyone else. Work harder than anyone else. What would you say um, if you could pick one spiritual, you know, a spiritual principle that that you followed um, that that has brought you to the top? Mm, I would say I don't know if I could do one. If I could do two, I would you could say do two, yeah. I would say uh, giving, of course. Yeah. Because um, I mean, we can have like because I was going to say confession. But you can't confess your way out of poverty, right? <laughs> like right. out of being broke. Yeah, that's true. No, so, that's true. Um, so I would, I would couple those two. I would say uh, giving and then confession. Okay. Um, so when I started, I would say what I wanted to see. So before I started selling consistently, I would say, "Hey," and I was that was the faith level that I was operating at. Mm-hmm. So I would say, "Hey," um, I sell one a day. I sell one a day, and then I would start out, and it would be like one every other day so mm-hmm. we sell six days a week so it would be like i would be doing three a week mm-hmm. and then gradually i would have like a three you know i would have uh, a three week but then i would fail two credits mm-hmm. so it's like okay and then in my mind i was like okay well i had a five week mm-hmm. yeah and then then i would go in and then continue and then i would have you know a four week then i would have a uh, five week six week and then every time i hit a new level i would bump up my confession to like hey, I sell uh, I sell one to two every single day. So mm-hmm. then I would start going in and having you know six, seven, eight weeks. Then yeah. I would say hey, I sell double digits every single week, and then I start seeing double digit weeks mm-hmm. more. Um, so definitely confession, um, and then obviously con- you know faith without works is dead. So I would still be doing the work, but I would mm-hmm. be my confession would change based on what I wanted to see and the level that my faith was at, um, and then just, just consistently giving. Yeah. Um, so those are the two that I would say. Yeah. So you you remember, um, like, do you remember times like even in that first year when you made thirty, uh, thirty three that that you guys would continue to give even though like it doesn't even make financial though, yeah. sense even and stuff like that, right? Yeah. And that's so important that even you know as you guys are starting out in a career, there's never a time in your life where it makes financial sense to give. 
it, it or just it's comfortable. It, yeah, yeah, it's it's never gonna be comfortable, and no, like there's always gonna be something else you can do with the money. Yeah, that's always. true. Always, this is like. So let's let's say we had a ten thousand dollar month. So we know our just just our tithes is a thousand dollars. Yeah. Outside, there's a ton of other things you can do a thousand dollars with. Yeah. A ton of other things. So there's always gonna be other things that you can you know. Always gonna be other you know. Uh, other things, whether it be like a bill or whether it just be enjoyment, but you have to, you have to, have to, have to, you know, put God's, um, put God first and pay those tithes. Otherwise, it's you're putting money into a, a yeah, bag with holes. A bag it. with holes. That's yeah. That's what the Bible says. Obviously, so like, and and I I feel like in the the, the last gen and miracle word in general, people are are pretty, um, you know, taught about, and, and I'm so glad to be tied up with a ministry that you know is is. You know, understands about yeah. giving, and you know, it's it's such a blessing. But many many people don't haven't been brought up in that. Um, you were brought up. All right, let's talk about this. You were brought up, and your youth pastor was Evangelist Ted. Ted. So how long ago was that? Oh my gosh, uh, two thousand two three, two thousand probably like two thousand one to two thousand three. I wasn't born yet. It's crazy. No. <laughs> um. So okay. So. You were in his youth group. Um, I know a lot of people don't have the privilege of growing up in a youth group like that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, and I've even heard from people uh, like at the last gen, and that's why people jump on the podcast and do, you know, Friday morning Bible study now and and the lives is because there's a deficit of biblical teaching, even if they do go to youth group. Because let me just tell you, not every youth group is actually uh, building you up, teaching you, and like launching you out into life. A lot of it's just games. And see how many Twinkies you can stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, we did have a lot of Taco Bell, though. No, I, I figured. Yeah, <laughs> no, I can imagine. But um, there was teaching. Right. So Teaching and tacos. Teaching and Taco Bell. Um, what, what would you say? Because, you know, there's always those guiding principles. Like you said with your dad, obviously, that was pretty formative for you. What, what was something that you always, like, always stuck with you about... Um, my uncle's youth ministry and, and, uh, and how he taught. And, Cause I know that he taught about prosperity. I know he taught about the blessing of God, which most youth pastors yeah. won't touch with a 10 foot pole, which is crazy. Right. Because if you develop that as a, as a, a, a youth or young adult, um, I feel like developing that principle and that teaching and understanding at that point, when you don't have, you know, the, the, the bills and the financial responsibility, it's yeah. a lot easier you know, to to get start giving there and become um, a faithful tither and giver at that level when you don't have the pressure, as opposed to imagine like somebody's newly saved and is you know forty years old and has a nine to five and they have two kids. Yeah. For like that's gonna be, it's harder to start there. Yeah. So, um, you know, I would say that. So he really a couple of things I took away. Were, we always talked about giving. Um, he always talked about. Um, you know, really, uh, I would say the big thing for us is for well, for me, I should say is that that youth group is where I was actually filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm. So when I was seventeen, so what was I was I was yeah, I'm about to be thirty six. Wow, so that's like nineteen years ago. <laughs> wow. So yeah, that was for me. I think that was the biggest thing. Um, you know, youth pastors definitely like make it a point and make it a, a prayer point. That your young people, because the sooner you get filled with the Holy Spirit, because a lot of the, uh, so like my pastor, he was filled with the Holy Spirit, I believe he said young, like mm-hmm. five, six years old, had yeah. an open vision in a meeting. Yeah. 
Um, same thing with Evangelist Ted. I think he said he was filled, what, like at five, five or six? Yeah. Um, so the sooner you can get, and obviously that's, you know, before youth group, but once they get to you, if you can make it a prayer point and something that you believe God for, that your young people will be um, filled with the Holy Spirit while they're under your care. Yeah. I do think you'll have young people who will, um, one, be more successful, um, and then also not fall into a lot of the pitfalls and the traps that the average, you know, teenager or youth would fall into. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that would be the big the big takeaway for me. I mean, because a lot of the things that, you know, he would talk were just um, – with just the the beliefs and the principles of of the vision of the house that we were in, mm -hmm. so I was already hearing those. But that the youth group is where I got filled with the Holy Spirit. Wow! So that would be the big thing for me. Yeah, and then those are the things that you you bring with you all throughout your life. Um, and I wanted to to kind of touch on this, and then um, and then I do want to ask you this question because I think this will be ex how do you say exposing to a lot of people and if you feel conviction that's all right just keep keep it playing in your ears and let let yourself feel convicted um you know you can you can develop an anointing to sell or an anointing to be a doctor or an anointing to do whatever you do i think a lot of the times when people think about the anointing they think only preachers or they think mm -hmm. only laying hands on the sick or the anointing yeah. the anointing is only you know, falling out under the power. But the anointing is so much more than that. It's not just for youth pastors. It's not just for your pastor, a prophet, an evangelist, a teacher, an apostle. It's for people, all people who are filled with the Holy Spirit. So it's it's very clear to me, and, and one of the, the title that I gave this was Christians Should Stand Out, or what did I say? I said uh, Christians Should Outperform. It should be very clear in any... Um, sect of life, any uh, field, that Christians are at the top. Why? Because we've got a severe advantage. We've got the Holy Spirit. You can be anointed to do what God's called you to do, and it doesn't have to be ministry. You can be anointed to sell alarm systems. And that's obvious that Ralph is. It's obvious that these you know, people that are successful, it's the anointing that's going to make the difference. So, so understand that you can work hard, yes, and that's going to be a big part of it. You can give, and that's going to be a big part of it. But relying on the anointing, not only in you know in churchy ways, but yeah, but trust, in life. yeah, in everyday life, trust that God. Like, let's take it for this. Yeah. You know, I've got I've got good stories about. Yeah, that. Go I've for been, it. Uh, so I, I've been like legit, and this is so one of the things that Pastor Terry instilled us. He he pushes and preaches the Holy Spirit. Yeah, hard. Yeah. So he, he always, the analogy he used would be like going through life or Christian life without the Holy Spirit would like, would be like cutting grass with scissors yeah. versus with the Holy Spirit right. using a, a John Deere. Right. Okay. That's so a good there's been times where I've been in everyday life, I've been driving um, from one area to another and I felt the Holy Spirit like, like I'll look over and I'll feel and I'll see a house and I'll feel the Holy Spirit say, you need to knock on that door. Wow. And I mean, in the middle of like just where is is i wouldn't say it was like uh it was pretty rural right so if you if you're out here if you've ever been in texas there's a lot of places you can go where it's like you know acres of land and then the house is on it and just in the middle of that the holy spirit will point out a house and i'll go knock on the door and get the deal right then and there wow and they'll be like yeah we were looking for cameras <laughs> um, wow uh, and i've had a uh I, just this year uh, when, we were, when we were in houston i was going to another area 
um, another turf I had, and I felt I felt strong to go back to like one of my older turfs, mm-hmm. and I went back and I caught as I was pulling down the street. The gentleman had just like I could see him pull into the driveway. It was a guy who I had been trying to catch for like weeks, mm-hmm. and I caught him, um, you know, finally. And then he ended up being uh, the biggest, one of the biggest or most profitable accounts I've had. I think his monthly bill was like a uh, hundred and sixty-eight bucks. And how much do you make off that account? Uh, it's probably going to be about a seventeen hundred dollar account for me. Um, wow. And just to kind of give context to that. So his bill was 168. The average bill in Vivint um, is about 75 bucks. So it was yeah. really worth two accounts. Right. So a very very profitable account, um, and that all that was was just I was going down and I was just being led. Yeah. You know by the Holy Spirit, and I felt to go back to that area and you know found that guy. That's wild. So if okay, here's the question then: If everyone, you know. If, if there are Christians in business, right, mm-hmm. they're filled with the Holy Spirit, they pray in tongues, they go to church, they fall out under the power, they go back to their business, they go back to their private practice, they go back to their sales position, why do they suck? Uh, <laughs> so, if, if it's it God's will, of things, yeah, right. it's, I mean, just because it's God's will doesn't mean it's going to happen. Right, okay. Um, so, one, like, what, what is their work ethic like? Mm-hmm. Um, and I really feel like that's uh, really, really underestimated. What is your mm-hmm. your work ac- ethic like? Also, um, are people like are you? Not only are you you tithing, but are you on top of that? Are you giving? Right. So are you giving offerings? Yeah. Because because um, offerings and things that's where the increase comes. Mm-hmm. So you know that. But I would say I really believe a lot of it, if they're doing all the spiritually, if we're doing everything like, hey, that we're supposed to be doing mm-hmm. um, and the Bible tells us to do, I would I'd have to be, I'd have to argue like, like, what is your work ethic like? Because there are a lot of people who are, who don't, you know, believe God, live for God, but they just work really hard and they yeah. have success. Um, and I've seen people who are, uh, you know, not saved and they just do better and they, they just work harder. It's yeah, fl- flat out. I mean, there's no like they don't have the hand of God on them. They don't. Yeah, yeah. they're they're li- as, by they're, the Bible stand, you know, standards. They're cursed. Yeah, I was about to say, and they're doing better. They're doing with with living like they have a bag with holes in it. They're doing Still better doing than Christians who should be blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Yeah, they just and they just work, and um, it's work. They work and they're excited about, um, and I think doing. So doing what you're called to do, but doing it with passion and enthusiasm. Um, and then I think that the, the ability to do that comes from knowing like, hey, I'm supposed to, I'm where I'm supposed to be or I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I've been called to be here. This is where God has me, um, which comes back to, you know, the leading of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, so I would say that work. I really think it's just work ethic. So like if, if you were to diagnose someone, even in their teen years, OK, they just started a job say they're 19 they're 20 um they're giving you know i'm giving i don't know what it is you know i'm tithing right um, i'm praying you know i'm having powerful church services you know i'm i'm not you know i'm living holy but i'm just i just suck at my job so then the other thing is are you just doing the bare minimum like in the in the natural are you just doing the bare minimum like you know uh at the job so let's say let's just say you're at 
you know, you're at Starbucks, McDonald's, Chick-fil-A. Are you just doing the bare minimum? Mm. And then the other thing is, after doing the bare minimum, people get paid to solve problems. Like, are you a problem solver? Mm. Um, are you able... Because those, just in the, just in like the natural uh, world, people like people who solve problems. People, managers and higher-ups, they like people who do things without having to be like told like hey do this do that like yeah if you know every day at you know 9 30 uh the doors need to be locked and trash needs to be out mm-hmm. don't always have don't be the employee that always has to be told hey johnny go lock the door and take right. out the trash be the employee that they're like when they when you come back from taking the trash they're like johnny where are you i was like hey i was i took the trash out i locked yeah. the doors yeah. you know i wiped the windows down they had fingerprints on them yeah um they were like johnny did you already fill up the uh you know the paper i already filled up the uh, paper towels in the bathroom yeah. those are the people who get promoted those are the people who will end up being um you know the boss and then or the supervisor and the one delegating to others mm-hmm. so be a self-starter and be a problem solver um one and that's another thing one of the things that later on we kind of um you know, as a, we developed a relationship, Evangelist Ted told us that my pastor, Pastor Terry, like he was just like relentless in what, like in what he wanted and the way they operated. They always operate in the spirit of excellence. So he didn't take no for an answer. So Evangelist Ted, like he would have to work till, and this is why he was a youth group and then uh, the minister of music um, at our, at our church right. in Virginia Beach. A lot of times he'd be working till midnight, one o'clock in the morning. To finish the task that he was, you know, that he was given. So it's like, again, it goes back to work ethic. Yeah. And that's why, you know, right now the, the ministry is flourishing because anybody who knows him, like behind yeah. the scenes, he's it's it's non stop. Yeah. Which is it's non stop mom. Shameless yeah, exactly. <laughs> shameless and but it's just it's work ethic. And again, like you just you just have to outwork the other people. I really think that's what it boils down to is. It's not a spiritual thing. Yeah. I mean, no, that's 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 good. I think that's... If you're going to take anything away from this podcast, I think that would be a great thing to take away. Because I think there's a, a lot... A too many wacky, nutty charismatics who make everything like... You know, I'm not selling. There must be like a war in the heavenlies. And like Michael the Archangel is fighting Satan and yeah. stuff like that. It's like, no, no, no. You're just lazy. And, <laughs> and I think that that's a huge problem. A huge problem. Especially... With our generation, that, that I kind of wanted to ask you this question mm-hmm. at the end, um, and if you guys, there's there's going to be some people that feel convicted. That's all right. You need to change it because if you're going to have God's best for your life, it's not just going to happen. You, Correct. E- even though He's promised it, you've got to make it happen. The Bible talks about, like in in the book of Proverbs, the Bible talks about uh, a sluggard and being lazy and and. Um, that a man who doesn't work doesn't eat. Like, yeah, shouldn't eat. The, shouldn't eat. The Bible talks about all about all these things about working hard. Yeah. So this is not like, this is not like something new. Yeah. Right. This is, this is something that's been you know been the case since the beginning. You know, and Paul said it even harsher. He said, um, a, a man that doesn't provide for his family it's is is worse. Yeah, is worse than an infidel. Infidel. It's crazy. But um, so if you like, if you had to. I guess number one, diagnose and then give advice. Diagnose. What do you think? What do you? Because you see a lot of young people coming into this job, and yeah. it is like part and parcel of like the the whole sample of, of yeah, our generation. generation. 
what do you think is the number one problem with with Gen Z and you know I think there's a, a lack of grit um, and lazy okay I think this generation it's uh, everything like once want everything quick like boom 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 um, and then that's just not how success is right um, there's a process to it so I think part of it is that and then as soon as it's like oh it's not happening as fast as you know as fast as I want right. this must not be it so then you just quit and go to something else right as opposed to just sticking with it so I think grit like as soon as something gets a little tough or a little you, you face a little opposition you're mm-hmm. like ugh this is like, no, it's, it's opposition. You, you're striving. You're, you're trying to reach something. There's going to be opposition. Right. So push through it, work, develop some grit. Um, and then again, like, you just have to work. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like there's no this, way around it. Yeah. A lot of this generation, they, um, you know, and nothing against like, you know, obviously podcasts because I'm on one. Yeah. Right. But a lot of people, um, I think they just don't want to. This is a, this is a good way to put it. I, f- I feel like a lot of people, when it comes to like success or being mm-hmm. or, or something like that, they want to take the elevator. They don't want to take the stairs. Yeah. Um, and it's just yeah, like no. I mean, there's there's just things that you have to go through. There's a process you have to go through. But through that, you know, in that process, there's things that develop yeah. in you that you'll need. Yeah. And, um, and I think like people can get confused on this when we say like because if you've ever heard um my uncle preached for any amount of time. Um, basically one of his mottos and same thing for my aunt is the struggle is over. Meaning you don't have to live a, a, a life of struggle as a Christian, but I think people can get confused and think, Oh, oh I don't have, yeah. yeah, I don't have to live a struggle, a struggle, a life of struggle. So I'm not, I don't have to have any sort of opposition, um, opposition or, uh, any sort of pain. And I'm not talking time. about physical pain, I'm talking yeah. about any sort of like pushback, any sort Resistance. of difficulty. Yeah. When in reality, that is the only way you'll get anything. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna try to avoid anything that's hard, you might as well just go to heaven. To yeah. Just just die because it's not gonna it's not gonna happen. You're you're gonna actually. I mean, I fear for for some what people did, like this. What did Paul say? He's I was bruised, I was beaten, yeah. I was shipwrecked. Yeah, right. And I mean, and that's not to say like that you're gonna get beat. Honey, right. You know what I mean? But. Yeah there's opposition so there like he was you know preaching preaching the gospel and creating uh you know disciples and it's like what are we thinking that if we're going to do anything you know uh worthy or like anything worthwhile that is just going to be like we're going to be walking through field of lilies just picking flowers it's going to be like a a, like no there's going to be some opposition right there's going to be some resistance i mean we we just have to work people like this is just have to do it we got to develop some grit specifically like this gen i would say like maybe what 25 and maybe even 28 and down there's there's people who are like 30 who listen to this podcast yeah and i i I just think being gritty is just uh under underrated right like there are people who are like in in the sport of boxing a lot of people don't want to fight you know guys who are just gritty and like who just get in there and they're rough because and then there's something to be said about somebody who is gritty and who's like just willing to do the work. Right. Even if they're not the most talented, even yeah. if they don't fit the bill, they don't look the part, that that will outwork. I mean, it's the same thing. It goes back to it. What is it? Hard work beats talent when, when talent, talent doesn't, doesn't work, work hard. hard. Yeah. yeah. So just don't don't discount yourself 
for what position you're in, what family you grew up in, oh, my family never was successful. Literally, <laughs> you know, I don't want to end on, like, anything <laughs> is possible, but, like, like if you work hard, like, j- take the spiritual stuff out of it. I didn't think this podcast was going to take that turn, but literally, take the spiritual part out of it. Not everything's spiritual. Obviously, g- the only way God's going to bless you is if you work hard in the first place. Then, you, you have to obviously be a giver, a tither, and stuff like that. Spiritual laws are always going to be in place. But, don't don't be thinking like, you know, don't blame it on demons. Like, like friggin' just do the work. Do the work. That's it. That's all. That's, that's, I think that's the, that's the theme of the podcast. Yeah, do the work. Do the work. You have any advice for young people starting starting in a career? Because there's people who just like think about this. There's people who just graduated high school just mm-hmm. now, and then there's also people who are in college or just graduated college. Um, so I would say, I guess college age people, if you're like, you know, internships and things like that. What? And again, it goes to like what I was talking about uh, being a problem solver, and then I just outworking the other people. I mean, what what's going to separate you from from the rest of the field? What do you have that's different? What do you, you know, are you one who goes the extra mile, and then develop as you're for the teenage or the I should say the high school graduates? Yeah. Start developing that trait now. Yeah. So when you are 24, 25, it's not like a, uh, it's, you know, for you it's almost like this is something I've been doing for four or five years now. This is almost like a habit now. Yeah. So this is just it's not really something. This is just who I am, not what I do. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just, that's just how I operate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you start that at 18, 19, even if you start at 25, you'll be, you know, when it, when things are, all, everything is all said and done, you'll far exceed like your peers and people who are not willing to just do the work and, and put it in, put in the work to, you know, to get the results that they want. And then, you know, you'll be the one getting the promotion. You'll be the one delegating responsibilities to others. Um, and with that responsibility, um, becomes, you know, more, more income. Yeah. So, you know, the blessing that you'll have, but because of one, obviously the spiritual side, but because of the fact that you just sat flat out, you did the work Yeah. and you went the extra mile. Yeah. That's it. Boom. Or as they'd say in the office, juice. <laughs> that was juice. People have freaking bad. Uh, I hate, I hate when people do that. Anyways, I know that that helped you guys for real. Cause it. You know, I, I would have loved, not, not that I didn't have that, you know, like my parents said the exact same thing. Obviously a lot of times it takes someone that's not your parents to say that and sad, but it's true. Um, what what would they tell you? Like my parents? parents? Mm -hmm. No, my, my dad is all about that. Like about hard. Yeah. Just he's, he was born what in the sixties. Yes. 68. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my dad, he came from. You know, I'm still wondering if like my family was like a mafia family, but <laughs> which I probably shouldn't have said on, on you know, the podcast. But he came from what shouldn't have been like a, a financial. You know, it wasn't generational wealth. He didn't right. come from a lot, and you know, whether you think what he makes is like a large amount of money, it, I mean, he he's created for him and his family and all of his kids um, something that can sustain and that has he has more than enough. And it's because you can look back on his life and it's because of that factor. Hard work, hard work, hard work. That's all he'd tell me. Like, that's it. That's like literally like that was his only thing that he told me. Hard work. You can't slack off even if you're talented. That was that was a huge thing because he, he's talented. He would always tell me, Alex, you're talented, but that's not going to make up for it. You no, can't just not. run on talent. At all. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, if any of you guys like, you know, are, are sports fans, um, one one athlete that I feel like embodied that was Kobe Bryant. Mm. Um, and he just said he was he said he was he was like, hey, I was quick, but I wasn't like excessively quick. Right. He said I could jump real high, but not like I couldn't jump out of the gym. So nothing, none of his attributes or none of his. Um, his talents were like extraordinary. Mm-hmm. He was just, you know, very much maybe a little bit above average. Mm-hmm. But he said where he uh, excelled was in his work ethic. Mm-hmm. While everybody else was at the gym at, you know, six or seven or at eight o'clock, mm-hmm. he was at the gym at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And if you look at that and how things, anybody who knows like compound interest, mm-hmm. if you look how that compounds t- over time, I mean, it's just. It makes all the difference, but it, what it boils down to again is just do the work. Yeah, do the work. You have to work hard. So if you're at Starbucks right now, do the work. If you're at Dunkin' Donuts, do the work. If you're at a paid internship, you should make a T-shirt. And, yeah, I know. Do the work. Do the work. The last one. I think that'd be the next merch. Um, if if you're at a paid internship, if you're not at a paid internship, do the work. Yeah. If you're in school, do the work. It can seem like it's it's frivolous. Doesn't really matter. Um, cause you might be working a minimum wage job, but like, understand this. People are always looking at what you're doing, Correct. whether you think it or not, you know, changing out the ice in the ice machine might seem like a pretty trivial minimum, task, yeah. but you know, there's people that are, that are watching to see like how you work. So it doesn't matter where you're at. That, that would be the encouragement for you today. All right. Um, thanks for listening to this episode. Seriously. I really do believe this would help. This has helped you. Um, share it to your story. Share it around. I, I like that we did something different because people can't just listen to me all, all the time. <laughs> it's true. They can't. Um, a couple of announcements. Friday mornings, if you haven't seen it, on the Instagram, the.last.gen. Follow us on Instagram. You've probably seen it. We're starting what's called Friday morning Bible study. At 7 a.m. Eastern Time, every single Friday, we're jumping on a Zoom call and we're going to study the Bible together this month. And um, throughout the, the middle of next month, we're going through the book of Acts. We have a reading plan. Um, but you have to be there Friday morning. We're not recording it. We're not releasing it anywhere else. We're doing live discussion. We're actually, we had we had like 17 people on last time. A lot a lot of people were from the West Coast. So that means they, were, they woke up at 4 a.m. It's ridiculous. People in Canada, it's like, it boggled my mind. I was like debating when the alarm clock went off at 6 a.m. I was debating whether I was going to get up. How hungry are you? Yeah, right. <laughs> so jump on that. The uh, all the info is in the um, the Instagram. There's a graphic for it. Go check it out. But I think that's it. I don't have any more. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thanks for being on. Seriously, he's a busy man. He's making the big bucks. Um, but you want people to follow you on Instagram? Uh, or you yeah. have a private account? No. How do they how do account. they fo- how do they follow you on Instagram? Uh, I believe it's Ralph one. It's creative. Yeah. Follow <laughs> Ralph Simple. one. All right. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Simple. All right. I love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. I'll catch you all next week. Be blessed. Oh.